great. Well, welcome to King's Arms Online. It is great to be together and great yeah, to have welcome. you with me. Aww, I hosted, I hosted on my own last time. I oh, don't know yeah. you were busy or something. I'm sorry but. I missed you. I'm sorry. I'm glad to be back today. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Really glad, and we are so so looking forward to lockdown hopefully ending soon, and um, kind of the end of lockdown birthdays. We just had one more, and we're kind of running out of ideas. We're done with lockdown birthdays yeah, now. Yeah, we you are. did pretty good though. You you, I mean, you went over town on yeah. the food. Yeah, I did. Out, yeah. Over the I'd, top. I mean, not out of, over town. Over town and over the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I am proud of myself. I actually I was speaking to a colleague um, yesterday, and he was saying, well, I guess. Um, if you had a family birthday, you probably went over the top since you're American. And I felt really proud, proud to be an American. Yeah, it's just yeah. normal for us now. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> We have really enjoyed um, also gathering together as our Sundays have started to reopen. And um, it's been great, hasn't it? Just to connect yeah. again with people, see half of their faces at least. And also after the meeting, we get to, uh, in groups of six, stand out and meet people on the lawn outside at the back. So that's really good. So let's just watch a quick video to update you on all the news regarding Sunday's regathering. Let us shout, be your anthem. You're in now, fill the sky. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your word move in power. Come to church. Let everybody know they should be here. Brilliant. It is absolutely fantastic. We are here for you, Lord. We are here for you. Let us shout, let us shout. That Jesus' name really is the name above every other name. It's the name above sickness. It's the name above depression. It's the name above mental illness. It's the name above pandemics. It's the name above isolation. It's the name above loneliness. It's the name above financial hardship. It's the name above grief. It's the name above bereavement. It's the name above all other names. We are here for To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one day. So we are thrilled to be regathering again and I'd really encourage you if you're able to, to uh, check out the details online and you can also book in there, you need to book in before we come, uh, we all need to book in before we come on a Sunday, so check that out, we'd love to have you if you can gather with us, that would be fantastic to see you. Mm. And now's the time in our morning where we get to just turn our heart, hearts to God to really fix our eyes on Jesus and worship Him. Yeah. Your faithfulness 
beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. To Jesus you Spirit like water. 
Yeah, Jesus, we just mm. love your name. We love your name. We love your name. We love to say your name, Jesus. We love that you're our savior. You're our advocate. You're our king, our master. You're our bread, our rock, our deliver deliverer. You're our Lord of lords. You're our friend. Jesus, you're so much more. We love you. We love to fix our eyes on you, to worship you, and um, to have the opportunity just to know you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for the power of your name. Mm. We just thank you, Lord, that we can call on your name to bring uh, breakthrough and freedom, to bring provision, that we pray in your name because that means that we stand uh, in your presence, that you are representing us, that we are your people, we're your body, we're your family, mm. and that we, you've given us the permission to use your name. And we just thank you for that privilege and that honour, Jesus, that you have entrusted your name to us, Lord. And where your name yes, is God. despised and rejected by so many, used as a swear word, we honour your name, Lord mm. Jesus. We say, we recognise that one day every knee will bow and every tongue mm. will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory yeah. of God, your Father. And we just want to thank you and celebrate you, yeah. Jesus, and celebrate your wonderful name. Yeah, Amen. Like Amen. Amen. So good to worship together. Um, and now's the time in our, our meeting where we would take up an offering. You can click on the link online uh, to do that. I just want to thank you so much for all who give so faithfully um, each uh, week to us and each month to us. Thank you so much. It just enables us to do so many things. All that we do together as a family uh, enables us to do. And uh, your generosity helps with that from uh, serving the poor to uh, serving our kids in that ministry to um, raising up leaders. Just recently was able to help a a young leader gets some theology and leadership training, and that's all all done by um, made possible by your generosity. So thank you so much for that. And without further ado, just want to take a moment to introduce Tim. Tim is speaking this morning and uh, on our series of thriving in a post-lockdown, in a post-COVID world, um, what does that look like for us to thrive? And Tim's looking at the whole area of resolution of conflict. There's been so much conflict in the world, so much conflict in, the, in families and through relationships, through the stress of this season. And there's no one better than Tim to speak into this to help us navigate how do we live in this conflict and how do we uh, get freedom from conflict and work it through healthily as a family? So let's do that now and listen to what Tim's got to say. Good morning, King's Arms. Uh, welcome to you all, wherever you are watching us from, wherever you're joining us from. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tim Brown. I'm a member of two amazing teams at King's Arms, the, the King's Arms youth team and also the pastoral team. And those of you who have joined us over the past couple of weeks will know that we are in the middle of a series uh, called Leaving Lockdown in Wholeness. And the topic that I will be uh, sharing with you this morning is conflict resolution and particularly resolving conflict well. So we're looking at essentially how to equip people to leave lockdown well, what are some of the issues either created by lockdown or magnified during lockdown and issues with which we will most certainly need to deal with as we are released back into the wild of normal life. So why conflict resolution? Why conflict in particular? Well, conflict, disagreement, friction, whatever you want to describe it as, is an almost inevitable aspect of interaction with those strange creatures that we call people. Not to paint too bleak 
a picture, but unless you've been living the life of a hermit on a remote Scottish island, you will have come into contact with people. Yes, even during lockdown, we have had contact, albeit minimal, with people. And as we all know, as we move back into normal life, that is going to change. And as I say, conflict is an inevitable byproduct in differing degrees of living life in community, which is what we all hope to do. So relationships, family, friends, work, school, big shout out to the KA youth family, can all be sources of friction and they can lead to conflict. And the pain of conflict that is either not resolved or is resolved but not resolved well can be both painful and long lasting. Now I need to manage your expectations here. There are many aspects to good conflict resolution and in reality, it would probably take a whole series to cover them all and I have just under 20 minutes. So I'm gonna concentrate on just one and the subject on which I'm going to uh, share with you this morning is how to posture your heart when you enter into a situation where conflict has arisen. Now the good news is that myself and another member of the amazing King's Arms pastoral team, the very wise Philby Kellett, we are preparing a series of materials on the other aspects of conflict resolution, which will be available shortly, so watch this space. Right, so let's look at posturing your heart in a situation where conflict has arisen. Now, I want to start with a confession. I suspect that if you had told my wife, Sarah, 10 years or even five years ago, that I was speaking on a Sunday morning and the topic was conflict, she would have immediately assumed it was how to escalate conflict and how to create chaos. You see, as well as being a member of the pastoral team and the youth team, I am by day a criminal defence lawyer. Yep, that's right, wig, gown, the whole shebang. And anyone who's seen any legal dramas on TV will know that nine to five, I get paid to argue. That's essentially what I do. I argue with fellow lawyers, I argue with witnesses, I argue with the judge, and then I present those arguments to a jury of 12 men and women who make a decision on the guilt or innocence of the person that I'm representing. And at the risk of blowing my own trumpet, over the past 25 years, as you can imagine, I've got pretty good at it. I have actually argued much to my, uh, I don't know whether it's shame or pride, I have actually argued in front of 12 members of a jury and a perfectly sane judge that yes, a big boy really did do it and run away. And again, much to my pride, my arguments were presented so well that they believed me. Now, that's great if you're in a courtroom, that skill set is incredibly useful for a lawyer. The problem is that albeit subconsciously, I carried those same skills, that same skill set, same approach into my personal life. Now I'm convinced that I never actually said to Sarah, I put it to you Mrs Brown, but she swears that I did. Now to be honest, it doesn't really matter whether I did or I didn't, because I might as well have. I would argue, I would argue when I knew I was right, I would argue when I knew I was wrong, and I was good at it, which was great for me not so good for those people I was in conflict with. 
Then one day, as I was no doubt waxing lyrical during our latest, let's call it a discussion, Sarah said to me in a very quiet voice, Tim, can you please try to remember that you're not in court? And it was then that the revelation hit me. And the revelation was this. There's a big difference between winning an argument and resolving a conflict. There's a big difference, a big difference between winning an argument and resolving a conflict. So my first suggestion, if you find yourself in a conflict situation, is this. Ask yourself, do I want to win this argument or do I want to strengthen this relationship? You see, rarely can you do both. And both of those require a totally different skill set. My second point is this. It's okay to disagree. The important thing is not that you disagree with someone. It's how you resolve that disagreement. And a great start is to look inwardly, look at your own heart, before you look outwardly at the behaviour of the other person. Let's look together at Matthew 7, 3 to 5, where Jesus says this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what is Jesus saying here? Well, the first thing to notice is that he doesn't say, leave the speck in your brother's eye. Leave it. You are to remove that speck. But what he says is that's not the first thing that you do. As always, when Jesus uses a metaphor, he chooses it very carefully. I don't know how you approach trying to get something out of someone's eye, uh, but if you try and do it while there's something in your own eye, then the end result is likely to be two people with eye problems, not just the one. What Jesus is saying here is examine your own heart. Examine your own heart before you take issue with the other person's. Get your own heart right and what follows is likely to go much better than otherwise. The second point he's making is act carefully. Act carefully. You wouldn't try and take a speck out of someone's eye with a hammer. At least I hope you wouldn't. What would you do? You'd be careful You'd take your time, you'd go slowly, you'd use a water, you'd use water, you'd use a tissue, you'd be gentle. Ask yourself, firstly, what are the planks that I need to address in my own eye? And they can be many and they can be different for all of us. Fear, anger, disappointment, hurt, past experiences. Jesus is saying here that first we need to be aware of the planks that will affect our behaviour as we go into conflict. And that secondly, we need to be careful. We need to go slowly. We need to be gentle. He's saying we need to be aware of the things in ourselves, and we need to be gentle in the way that we behave to others. So what does that look like? As we look inward at our own heart, what does that look like? Well, in John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus says this, a new command I give you, Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus' command on the surface seems quite simple. 
We are to love one another as he has loved us. Now, he doesn't say you're to love each other when you are in agreement or when the other person isn't being annoying or frustrating or even on occasions downright hurtful. The Father loves us unconditionally in all situations with grace, with kindness, despite our faults, our failings, and importantly, despite our willfulness. And Jesus is saying we need to posture our hearts to love like that in all situations, but especially in conflict situations where, if we're honest, it's very, very difficult. Of course, it can be incredibly tough, especially when the other person's attitude doesn't reflect that love back to us. So how do we deal with those situations? Well, personally, I find the resource of prayer incredibly helpful. And I like to think of the person with whom I'm in conflict as an image bearer. We're all made in the image of God. And I find praying into that idea very helpful. You see, the reality is that thinking badly or wishing ill on someone who bears the image of the Father is incredibly difficult, but we need to posture our heart to think of them that way. Pray into the idea that they bear the image of God and that we are called to love them in the same way that God loves them and loves us. It's important to note again, what we're not called to do is to avoid the conflict. We're not to avoid challenging hurtful behavior we're not to allow someone to ride roughshod over our feelings in the idea that by doing that, we're loving them. That's not what we're called to do. We, in fact, we're called to do the opposite. Going back to Matthew 7, the ultimate aim is to remove the speck from both people's eyes, not just our own. You see, it's not about whether we disagree with someone or whether we challenge them. We are called to do both of those things, but we are called to do both of those things with a certain heart. It's how we do it, not that we do it. What is the attitude of our heart? Going back to my very first point, do we want to win an argument or do we want to heal and strengthen the relationship? You see, we can't heal and strengthen the relationship without dealing with the source of the conflict. It's not about whether we deal with it, it's how we deal with it. So what does love look like in a conflict situation? Well, we have a fantastic description in scripture of what love like, looks like in all situations. And it's particularly helpful when we are entering into a conflict. And it's to be found in an extremely well-known passage, 1 Corinthians 13. And, and, and it says this, love is patient, Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonour others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 
And when you see that depiction of what love looks like and how we are called to love one another, whatever the situation, but especially in a conflict situation, then you can't help but agree. Love that looks like that will never fail. The issue is that love doesn't always look like that. We don't always behave like that. Often, conflict escalates because our heart doesn't reflect that image of love. Instead, we ignore Jesus' advice to move slowly, carefully, gently, looking inward. And we speak before reflecting. We speak with the plank still in our own eye. We speak out of a place of hurt and disappointment and sometimes even anger. And when we do that, rather than resolving the conflict, similarly to me using my lawyerly skills in my disagreements with Sarah, we escalate the conflict rather than resolve it. When I was growing up as a child in rural Nottinghamshire, um, my mum had a, a favourite saying, and you'll probably all know this, when I used to complain either about what happened to me at school or about a disagreement with my brother, she would say this, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And sometimes we act like that, don't we? <clears throat> as long as it falls short of physical violence, anything goes. But the reality is, as I've already alluded to, words can be even more painful than a physical blow. The effect of words used in anger, in the heat of the moment, whether they're meant or not, can be deep and painful and long-lasting. I prefer to reflect on what Proverbs says about the power of our words. Proverbs 12:18 says this, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Exactly the opposite of sticks and stones. Be careful with your words. Keep Jesus' commands at the forefront of your mind as you navigate your way through conflict. You see, our approach to conflict resolution should reflect those amazing words of 1 Corinthians. If in the middle of a disagreement we are patient, kind, humble, honouring rather than dishonouring, slow to anger, if we don't bring up past hurts, always think the best of others, seek to avoid hurtful words and remain hopeful for a positive outcome for both parties and just don't give up on people, then we are posturing our heart well and we are in a much better position to resolve conflict healthily. I'm going to finish with a story of, um, of this in action in my own life. Before we moved to Bedford, Sarah and I lived in South London um, and anyone who's lived in any part of London will know that, that conflict in all kinds of situations um, is a pre pretty frequent occurrence. But I think if you were to pick the biggest source of conflict in everyday life in London, it would be parking. 
residential parking. We lived in a residential area where there was no off-road parking, everyone had to park on the road. And as you can imagine, there aren't enough spaces. Two doors away from us lived a man and his family who pretty much kept themselves to themselves um, and who had a drive but didn't have a car. And the drive was full of rubbish and all sorts of things. And in fact, the gate to that drive was kept permanently locked. And at this time, I was working nights and I would get home late and all the parking spaces would have gone. And I came home pretty early one morning before everyone had gone to work, which is when the parking spots freed up. I couldn't find a spot. So what I did was I parked across this drive. Safe, I thought, in the knowledge that he wouldn't use it. Before I'd got back to my house, the man came out and literally just started to rant at me about blocking his drive. Now, my first reaction was, you're not even using the drive. And whilst I managed to fall short of swearing, I pretty much let him know what I thought about his selfishness. And I walked off feeling pretty good. I let him have a piece of my mind. And as I turned and I walked away, I just felt God say to me, well, that went well. And I was immediately challenged by my behaviour. So what did I do? I turned round and I went back to the door, which on reflection in South London maybe wasn't the wisest thing to do. And I knocked on the door and the man came to the door and you could tell he thought this was going to be a continuation of the conflict. Instead, I just put my hand out to him and said, I'm really sorry. I apologise for my words. We shook hands. His response, he said, you know what, I don't really mind. It's just the principle of people parking across my drive without asking, I don't really mind. And from that moment, he let me park across his drive. This family who had pretty much kept themselves to themselves, whenever they saw me would wave and we would stop and chat. And just that moment of changing my behavior to him from trying to win an argument about whether it was okay for me to park in front of the drive, but trying to, instead trying to heal the relationship with this chap, just completely transformed the situation, transformed the atmosphere. And what could have been an ongoing conflict just melted away in a moment. And I would say to you that as you go into a conflict, just think about the words you're going to use. Think about the emotions that you're experiencing. Deal with those. Follow Jesus' words to be careful. Act slowly. Be gentle. And conflict resolution becomes way easier. Now, that's not to say that it will always work out. But you are posturing your heart to be in a good position. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the fact that you call us to live in community and, and you know, Lord, the, the issues that that can bring. But I just pray, Father, that as we come across conflict, that we will just follow your example to love unconditionally, to exhibit kindness, gentleness and patience. And yeah, Father, just listen to your promptings as we act out healthily disagreements with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh, it's just so good. So good to hear um, Tim speak about conflict and conflict resolution. And I especially loved the bit where he talked about 1 Corinthians 13. And I just had, um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was um, struggling to fall asleep because I was feeling angry um, with someone. And, um, and I just felt the idea pop into my head to get out 1 Corinthians 13 and just read it. And so I read it and I got to that first bit where it says, love is patient. And um, I couldn't really get much further. And Jesus started just showing me all the ways that he's been patient with me and loved me. And it just really helped me to forgive the person and, um, and actually go to sleep. So I just wondered, shall we, shall we do this now? Shall we just read 1 Corinthians 13 over ourselves? Um, mm. what, if, um, what if you pictured, if there's somebody that you're in conflict with, mm. what if you picture that person right now and picture Jesus? And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13 and, um, and just let Holy Spirit speak to you and see if one of these, um, mm. one of these parts of 1 Corinthians 13, um, Jesus has something special for you. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Mm. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And Jesus, we just thank you because that is how you love us mm. so perfectly. That's how you model and that's how you pursue us with a love um, that's always patient, that never fails, that's humble, that's, that's not self-seeking. Father, we thank you for that and we just want to be like you, Jesus. So we just pray for this, these specific situations that we're imagining now, um, the people that we're in conflict with or the mm. situations that we feel in turmoil about. Father, we just ask you to come and show us. Um, give us this love. It's not natural. It's supernatural, this love. Mm. Give us the supernatural yes, love that we could love like you love, Jesus. Mm. We just pray now for a spirit of unity. Father, we just don't want to agree with um, what the enemy wants to do on the earth, which is divide and destroy. We want to agree with unity, Jesus. We want to be a unified, um, a unified body. Yes, we want God. to be like you, Jesus. Yes, so we just God. ask you, Holy Spirit, give us your love, God. Yes, God. Help us to love like you love. Yes, God. And thank you for loving us first. Yes, God. Yeah, Lord, and where there's this divisive spirit at work, a spirit of discord and a spirit of, uh, that's seeking to divide humanity and seeking to divide people from each other, and, and to cause conflict where there wasn't conflict before mm. and to stir up uh, angst and discord. We just come against it now in Jesus' yeah. name. We don't want to partner with it. We don't mm. want to have any part of it in our hearts and in our uh, community, Lord. And we just come against it now in yeah. Jesus' name. We just take authority over it and mm. wish to declare your spirit of unity, the Holy yeah. Spirit of unity. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, that you modeled to us in your great high priestly prayer. So much of it was about unity. Uh, calling on the spirit of unity to fall on your people, that we would be unified. We just pray for that now. Yeah. Um, where there's people tearing down the church and, and mm -hmm. seeking to, to destroy uh, the reputation of the church and seeking to cause conflict everywhere. We just pray, Lord, let your spirit of unity, let forgiveness flow, Lord. Let the mm -hmm. spirit of reconciliation work in the hearts of families. We pray for families that have been stretched to their limits during this 
COVID uh, period. We pray, Lord, that your spirit of reconciliation, that, that grace would flow, that there will be grace and humility and reconciliation flowing between family members, that we'd come out of this not weaker, but stronger, yeah. not, not more siloed in our boxes and thinking that we're right and judging others, but actually more humbled and more able to see uh, where others are, are, are coming from and see their perspective. We just pray for that yeah. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Every level of society. Yes, Come and God. pour out your love through us, Jesus. Yes, God. In our workplaces, in our homes. Father God, on, on the internet, on social media, let us be people who, um, who love like you love. Mm. Thank yeah. you, God. In Jesus' name. Yeah. I'd love just to finish mm. praying for you. Uh, you know, the greatest... Uh, conflict really was between us and God. We were at, at, at enmity with God. At, we had a division between us and God. And the message of uh, the gospel is that Christ came to resolve mm -hmm. that conflict. He came to bring reconciliation between mm -hmm. us and God. That's how and that's why the church should be a messenger, messengers of reconciliation because we first have been reconciled to God. So if you realize perhaps today for the first time that you're at odds with God, that there's barriers between you and God, then I'd love you just to take a, a step of response to give your life to Jesus, to follow him, to decide, yeah, I, I want to be put right with God. I want to come to peace with my relationship with God. So if that's you, let me just pray for you. And you can click on the button on the screen um, and uh, one of the team would love to pray with you and connect with you and give you some next steps in your journey as a disciple, as followers of Jesus. But yeah, just do that. Respond on the screen now. And let, me, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person who realizes today that they've been at enmity with you. I pray, Lord, that they would respond and that they would know the peace of God filling their hearts, just as I did all those years ago, that I was now at peace with God. I pray, Lord, that that sense would fill hearts even now as they're watching this and that um, the next steps for discipleship will be really clear for them as they seek to follow you. Just pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. So good. Mm, so good. good. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely to connect together. Even though we're still remote, it's great to be able to see your faces in different ways in different times. So God bless you. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and have a great week. Yeah, have a great week. See you soon.